Blog Talk Radio. Chilling the Duponesia Sea Islands and things like that. They're from Jacksonville, North Kakalaka to Jacksonville, Florida. We press it, honor the deal with we right chop on we show. Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year the Queen quite head pun the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad for be back up on the air with Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Where we the gee upliftment to the living legacy and a pay ancestral homage each and every Monday. Well, we're so glad to chillin' to a day back. You know, we skipped last Monday and things like that. As we've been a day up the road and things like that with other rest of people who have all these young men and they know how to have with a foot fast down to chillin', chillin', chillin'. And then rather what's left other rest of things for other rest of people benefit from now any foundation and things like that. So this year evening, I'm going to dedicate this year program to Madam C.J. Walker, to A.G. Gaston, to S.B. Fuller, and to all of the other rest of Kologichi ancestors of them we had the mother with for left we land and thing, and left we for no. The other can't spell off everything with all of them yet. But you have to left some for reality. Have to left some for have some for fallback pun, as they used to carry to tell me. So this year, then, let me take a moment of silence for them. Amen. Amen. Ashe. Ashe. This year, then, we're so glad that we did you. One more again in another special month with a grind on. We're planning on the children right now for 
know about anything like that. But we won't let Hunter children know about them if Hunter ain't been new. So this year, the Financial Literacy Month. So we will make sure that all of we listeners are thinking what they're around the world and think how stand with a crack we teeth boat and things like that. So we going to go back, Your Honor, and crack we teeth the other rest of the year so that most of Hunter children can stand. So this evening I'll speak this way most of the time so that you grasp and you under and you totally overstand this particular conversation that is essential to our community, especially in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Because there are a couple of words in here that I like that some folks will say, well, ah, they'll take one out of the two. This is National Financial Literacy Month in the U.S. And this is something that we are encouraging Gullah Geechees to also celebrate, participate in, in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Now, you all heard me talk about A.G. Gadsden and S.B. Fuller and Madam C.J. Walker and Maggie Lena Walker some time back. And if you weren't here for the live broadcast and you haven't yet caught up in the archived broadcast, you can always go to blogtalkradio.com slash Gullah Geechee, G-U-L-L-A-H, G-E-E-C-H-E-E, and listen to shows on demand. You can also subscribe to the program for free via iTunes so that this way you can download it to your iPod, your iPad, your computer, and then be able to listen to these broadcasts, share these broadcasts. Please blog about them and tweet them and Facebook them on social media. And if you want to follow us, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio is on Facebook. You can also always follow Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook, as well as at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, at Gullah Geechee also on Instagram. But in this case, Twitter is your best link so that this way you can know what's going on and thing. And then if you follow GullahGeecheeNation.com, we are going to be blogging some more about these same people that I just mentioned, as well as about Financial Literacy Month and why these are key figures when we start to talk about financial literacy in the black community. And I think it is an essential thing for us to dialogue about because, as I said, out of those words, financial literacy, I like both of the words, however, I know many people will say, well, the financial part they want to take without the literacy part because the literacy part involves them reading. And I have met a number of people that tell me that they do not like to read. Well, whether you like it or not, it is an essential part of life. And if you want to be a wealth builder, it is going to be critical to you not only creating and generating wealth, for yourself, much less for other generations, but it is going to be critical to you retaining that wealth. And so when we talk about the wealth of knowledge, the wealth of wisdom and understanding, that is a seed we have to plant that we need to. I don't care how visual this generation has become with all the video phones and the video cameras and YouTube and the massive amount of television stations that exist, especially if you have some sort of satellite. We have to go beyond just listening to people. It's just like in scriptures where it says your traditions have become of no effect. 
or the people have become as timbling brass. And so, in other words, clattering, making a whole bunch of noise. And as James Brown would put it, you're talking logic, you're saying nothing. We need to do, as Scripture says, and study to show thyself approved. How do you get approved for being a wealth generator without studying how you generate wealth and then how you maintain what is generated? Many Gullah Geechis are not aware that they come into the world ahead of many other people of African descent around the world, especially those that are in North America, because most of them come into the world being heirs to properties. But when we hear heirs property, all we think of is tax payments going out. We do not think of it as estates. If we heard that we were heirs to an estate, that has a different tone to it. However, when we say the word property, that should be your key word there. But again, if you are not an avid reader, you don't maybe realize that many words can have different definitions and different usages. So here it is, when we put an adjective in front of that word property, we change the value and we change the laws pertaining to it. We change what can or cannot be done with it. So whether we're talking about personal property or we're talking about real property, when we talk about land and stick-built, as we call it, houses, meaning brick or block-type houses, wood houses, not mobile homes, we are then talking about assets. We are talking about real property, not personal property. A mobile home is like your necklace and your rings and your china and your silver. And why do I mention these things? Because many times when we start to talk about literacy, people don't want to read. Well, I would hope that you want to read and be at the reading of someone's will if they leave you real or personal property that can now add to your financial net worth. These are critical aspects of leaving multi-generational wealth. If you want to be able to be a wise man or woman, you leave an inheritance to the next generation, to your children's children's children. You leave enough for all of them to be taken care of. And so thank God and think like I got it for the mother with what we're going on and we big daddy mama and the granddad great granddaddy all of the other rest of people who've been naughty and been going via the for we have to have one place for we to day. And that's we this your land, yeah? Okay then. And so it is truly a blessing that we had ancestors that realized that we were gonna need land and they left this land to us. But now the very heirs to that land often give up a major asset that is a foundational, literally and figuratively foundational element to multi-generational wealth because someone tells them it's a burden to you, and lawyers are good for saying that. I even had a lawyer do an heirs' property workshop for us once and could not believe, but this is a young person of a younger generation, that they look at it as heirs' property being now a burden because people can't get mortgages on your land. No, it is a good thing that heirs' property does not allow you to get mortgages on your land. 
because many people who have gone and attached their land to mortgages have lost the land. They've lost that major asset when they defaulted on the ability to pay these mortgages, and many of them were predatory mortgages, predatory lending. We've had people lose swaths of family property because they use the land as collateral against real property, against personal property. They use the real property as collateral against personal property, which was a mobile home or a.k.a. a trailer, all right? And so then they lost not only all the money they put into paying for a trailer, they turned around and lost the land as well. But these things come when, one, we don't want to listen to anybody else because we think, oh, it's mine. I do it with what I want. Well, it's not yours. You weren't the one here during the 1700s 1800s working on the land whose blood, sweat, and tears has literally been put in it. You just became an heir. You were a benefactor of all of that that was invested into it. And as a result, you should really truly do all you can to hold on to it and maintain its ownership. Now, if you say, well, my family is just one generation shy of all that, so we didn't have land, we got a house, and then I became the heir to a house. Once again, we tend to overlook the value of these assets that we are left with. If that house is fully paid for, meaning no mortgage, because when it's mortgage, the bank owns it. You do not own it. You are not an heir to it. The bank is. So here it is that if it is fully paid for, this is something that you can now use to leverage and figure out how you can economically empower yourself from it, whether it is from farming, whether it is from having a home-based business, whether it's doing ecotourism, whether you have a waterfront piece and you can actually harvest from the water, do sea work. There's a variety of things that can be done on real property if you maintain it, which then leads to you being financially lucrative, meaning you have real cash flow, you have physical money, not using credit. Okay, because when you start to talk about your wealth building and you talk about your net worth, you have to take your assets, the things that you outright own, and then deduct the things that you are actually doing on credit. All of these types of things, the only time we think about how much we owe versus how much we have a lot of times is when someone goes to the bank and they get denied a loan or they get denied, a, you know, a mortgage loan as well, still loaning you money, um, or some new credit line and such, then we're up in arms, but then what people are looking at are your scores. And we're not even going to get into this permutation of numbers that are utilized for your credit score because I think that it should be done a different way because not everyone wants a mortgage, not everyone wants to have a mass number of loans. And these are things that factor heavily in a credit report to determine what your credit score is, whether or not you have what they call the right mixture of things for you to be a proper credit risk. So once again, how do you find out what all these words mean that I'm talking about here tonight? You have to read. Whether you read books, 
whether you read magazines, whether you read your links online at your bank's website, because many of the financial institutions around the world now have very good financial literacy sections on their website. So those are free resources that you can read prior to going in and sitting down with the banker. The unfortunate reality now is that when you go into many banks, and I don't know if banks are doing this for security reasons or it's a millennial generation issue, but you go in and out of the bank and one week there's certain people there and another week there's different people in there or by the next month there's a different set of people in there and you have a higher turnover or they're shifting these people around as a security measure. But before you got to know your banker, So your banker knew how long you'd been with the bank. They could help waive certain things for you. They would also make sure you were aware of new products and services available. If you had reached a different point, let's say someone left you some financial assets as part of now a new portfolio, maybe you went from a person who was struggling as working class to barely even have $100 in your savings, and someone passes away and ends up leaving leaving you insurance of $100,000, well, then the banker would now try to help you to look at the places where you should put that $100,000 as opposed to you just putting it in a savings account that's barely going to give you any interest or you just cashing a check and then carrying it home and trying to put it in the mason jar on the floorboard in the house. So the thing is you can go to these websites and look on there for free and at your own pace and read a great deal of financial information at what from whatever bank's website that you're with or even if you want to examine other banks to see if maybe you want to take even your few thousand dollars over to a different bank because maybe you would get better benefits at another bank. Maybe they have some more things that align with your goals, your vision. And so where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we would only know this again if we read these types of proverbial sayings or heard them and then begin to live them. So we do not want our community to perish financially when we are always called Land rich. Do you know how many other people, Gullah Geechis, would want to be considered land rich? Just think about it. As they say, let that marinate. So that's why I wanted to ensure that the month of April would not just go by unnoticed, unread about, unheard about. If you follow Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook, You've already seen me posting things. If you've been following at Gullah Geechee, and Gullah Geechee is G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E. If you've been following us on Instagram, you saw that I posted Madam C.J. Walker's book. I'm about to post also some more books this week for people to proceed and read about S.B. Fuller, about A.G. Gaston. These are people that I think studying their lives by reading about them, not just watching a quick YouTube video, then going to places like the Madam C.J. Walker's Theater out in Indiana, like I went a few generations back. I went out there and took a group of people all the way from New York. We went out there to visit and to see this, and I'm looking forward to going to her house 
that she once owned as well to be able to see that what she was able to accumulate, but also reading about her life now tells me what she went through to accumulate it. And so these are some of the sources and resources that you might find a little bit more exciting and find inspiring if you read about the lives of other people who came before you, especially in the black community, and so that you would know what exactly they did that could be critical to what you should do as you start to live out your vision today of how to amass wealth and how to maintain wealth. Everybody ain't about to hit the lottery. And even once you do, you then have the tax implications. If you have the knowledge on how to deal with that ahead of time, you're better off when you win. If you do live, because people are now getting murdered, there's a whole bunch of lottery winners who have died. If you do live, then a lot of the lottery winners end up right back in the financial condition that they originally were before they hit the lottery because they never took the time to learn how to deal with this new level that they are on financially. And so, again, take no time to stop and read. They're partying, they're shopping, they're paying off bills, they're traveling. And next thing they know, the money is gone because they're not even stopping and reading their balance sheets and seeing what actually should go on and learning how to properly invest the finances they have so that it does turn into multi-generational wealth. So this is why finding out for the first time in my life that such a month exists was very intriguing to me, and I said, well, this is this is definitely something that I want to participate in, and I have been consistently taking the time this month to read other financial information and especially making sure to keep up with issues of certain publications that I already purchased, magazines that I already subscribe to that deal with financial matters, not only personally but economically in the world. And I've been gearing up even more in purchasing additional books for my home library as well as for the Gullah Geechee Alke Bulan archive concerning black billionaires, million and billionaires that – actually did this at the turn of the previous century, in the early 1900s, right out of Reconstruction. These became the wealth builders in the community and how they then turned around and invested then in the civil rights movement. They invested in having schools and trainings to teach other people of African descent how to be salespeople largely, because that is what Madam C.J. Walker and A.G. Gaston and S.B. Fuller, they were all salespeople, and they were great at what they did. And they taught others and they let others buy in to what they were doing so that everyone could rise together financially, because the more financial economic empowerment that we have in our community, the more economic empowerment we have, the better off our communities are because we can invest in those things that we want to stand in our community, including libraries like on St. Helena Island. Our state-of-the-art St. Helena Library is a landmark library. I contribute to that library in a number of ways because it is a critical institution for our people. And what goes on there at the library? There are different law class.
classes that are given or workshops for free at various times. People have been able to get their taxes done there for free. And there's a number of things that then can reconnect people back to their finances, like wills and estate planning and probate and all of this. And so, again, there's an excellent resource that provides you with not only workshops where you can engage and talk, but then literature that's available for you to take away and read. So, again, your libraries are a critical source, and this is a time for us to celebrate our libraries as well. This week, going on to the end of the month, this is a time that we celebrate and support libraries. So please do that. So it ties directly in to this literacy word again, encouraging people to read. I'm a writer. I'm an avid reader. I enjoy books. I'm right now reading two to three books, and that's kind of normal for me right now. I'm about to wrap up one book. I already have two more in the queue. And so at all times, pretty much, I'm reading three books at a time. And then I have magazines that come in that are very focused on different topics nowadays. I try not to spend a whole bunch of money on subscriptions anymore since I can get a lot of information online to, again, increase my bottom line. Don't spend the money out if I can still get that resource for free. And so that's why we wanted to take this time here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio to start to talk about this and enlighten our listeners about this critical month that's going on. Now, it's interesting because National Financial Literacy Month has is been recognized because of the National Endowment for Financial Education. They introduced Youth Financial Literacy Day back in 2000, the same year that I became the first, that became the first queen mother and head of state for the Gullah Geechee Nation. Was the year that the National Endowment for Financial Education introduced Youth Financial Literacy Day. Then, in 2003, the United States Senate designated April as Financial Literacy for Youth Month. In March of 2004. The Senate passed Resolution 316 to officially recognize April as National Financial Literacy Month. So basically from 2004 until now, 12 years, a dozen years, there has been the National Financial Literacy Month. Have I seen any commercials in the U.S. about this? No. Have I seen any ads in any of the financial magazines that I mentioned a while ago? No. Have I seen any posters throughout any communities where I travel about this? No. So this means that we need to do more to spread the knowledge of Financial Literacy Month and its very existence. So in 2006, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, NFCC, emerged as an organization that began promoting Financial Literacy Month. And so what they do is they release a survey on financial education. They have a national financial literacy poster contest called Be Money Wise for, again, the youth. So the people who are in K-12 through schools can submit poster designs around a theme about managing money effectively. So this is something that I'm going to have to challenge schools in the Gullah Geechee Nation about for next year to see if they know about this and if they do, 
how much are they doing to really engage our children? Because if our children do not know how to even manage bank accounts, don't even know how to open a bank account, balance a checkbook, manage their things online through online banking, have savings, know the difference between an IRA and a savings account and a checking account or anything of this level, then what is going to happen if they do become heirs to all of what I mentioned? It's very likely that they won't have it for long, just like with that lottery money. So here it is that they are still pushing to have this month promoted by financial institutions and nonprofits. I've been to the bank several times this month. I haven't seen any literature about this, okay? Now, there has been a very interesting move because our next-door neighbors to the U.S., Canada, also has Financial Literacy Month, but it's in November. It's similar to how there's Black History Month in the U.S. and various other places in February, but it's October in Europe. And so in Canada, they have the Financial Literacy Action Group called FLAG, which is seven nonprofit organizations who work with the federal government body, which is the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. And then throughout November, they have different types of events that focus on financial literacy. So this is something that I'm going to have to pull together some groups in the Gullah Geechee Nation to start to do in future years so that we can have our own financial literacy celebrations and educational workshops and so on. Because I think that this is a crucial celebration that people are very unaware of. And here it is that the U.S. federal government has supported this agenda of financial literacy, but then have not financed it, obviously. So it's very interesting because not all governors have went ahead and acknowledged it or signed any kinds of things or put anything forth in terms of resolutions in their own states, which is also another issue for why a lot of people probably are unaware of it. But in April of 2005, the United States House of Representatives passed a bill supporting the goals and the ideals of Financial Literacy Month. The bill and the resolution was passed by the Senate, and then President Bush was asked to issue a proclamation calling on the federal government, the states, the localities, the schools, nonprofit organizations, businesses, and the people of themselves, the citizenry, to observe the month with programs and activities. And so they asked him to do this, but Bush never issued the proclamation. Okay? So hence when we say people didn't know, that's very likely why a lot of people didn't know. That's why they didn't get any financial backing for it, because although the Congress thought it was critical, the president didn't even think it was worthwhile issuing a proclamation for it. And so here it is that in 2006, the Financial Literacy and Education Commission unveiled a new national strategy inside their report called Taking Ownership of the Future, the National Strategy for Financial Literacy. 
And in this report, there are a series of outreach and educational goals for public and private sectors so that we can start to improve our understanding of financial issues, credit management, savings, home ownership, and the like. And so this is why we wanted to make sure that our listeners, our supporters, were part of this celebration. So if you go online, you can go to Financial literacymonth.com or one word financialliteracymonth.com and you will see that they have a link for tools for success they have 30 steps the path to financial wellness they have then they have each one of those steps outlined for you and so if you go ahead and you click on their link and I'm literally doing this while we are on the air if you click on their tools for success at that financialliteracymonth.com website, you will actually see a list of activities there. Free webinars, income worksheet, the net worth worksheet. I've been talking about net worth here. Your debt load worksheet, which I mentioned a little bit about debt. Financial priorities worksheet. Your financial goals worksheet. A goal certificate which is something that you can actually put on the fridge today, I think, like I got it, so that you actually have your personal goals there to help you stay motivated. Some of you may have vision boards, so you may not need this goal certificate, or you may want to put the goal certificate and your vision board side by side on the fridge today, upon the mirror, upon the door, wherever. But that's something else that you can print out. A record of your daily expenditures. This is a critical thing. If you read many of the financial motivation, I call them books, like Girl, Make Your Money Grow, and things of that nature, many times you will find that the people who wrote these books start to tell you that you first need to get a hold of where your money is going. In other words, how are you spending your money? Where is your money going out to? Once you have some idea of how much you are putting out and where you're putting it, that's the beginning of getting a hold on the money because you can now look on paper and say, okay, I need to stop doing this particular thing. I know that some people were outraged because there's a couple of books that I've read where the first thing they talked about was coffee and people buying coffee and buying, you know, this coffee in certain coffee shops around the country and around the world that are, you know, internationally known, and spending $5 and more for a cup of coffee, when you could actually make the same thing at home maybe for 50 cents, you know, but it's just this thing of going somewhere else and getting it fast. So I'm in the world way to work. I, I'm addicted. I, I got to have it. And so they were talking about lattes, and they would say how if you cut down on these lattes, you're drinking them five days a week, they're $5 a pop, that's $25 that you could have that you could have saved. Well, people who are looking at you being able to retire with at least a million dollars, you know, they I've seen them turn up their nose about that remark. But you have to start somewhere. As the adage says, you need to crawl before you walk and you walk before you run. And so with that thing in mind, yes, if that is where your leak is, then I would tell you to stop the leak there because if it's overeating or eating out all the time, 
yeah, look at what it costs you to eat out and what little bit of food you get for that amount of money versus if you didn't eat out and you used that same amount of money in the grocery store and then cooked the food, how much longer would you have that food to be able to eat? And so we need to look at that as well as, you know, the fancy coffees or whatever. No, I say starve yourself out. They're not saying don't be social or don't ever go out again in order to cut back on this stuff. But it's just a matter of identifying where you may have a financial leak, and you can now plug this financial leak if you know what your daily expenditures are. So that record of daily expenditures is something that could really help people look at it just over the course of 30 days and then say, wow, I didn't know I was spending this kind of money this week. Okay, maybe I'll stop doing that particular thing. But if we just are on autopilot always doing it, we don't actually realize how much it adds up to. Any of the bad habits we have, if it's candy, if it's cigarettes, if it's alcohol, if it's shoe buying, if it's overeating, it's eating out all the time, every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, if it's three, four, five lattes from a store, you know, in the course of a day, every week, all right, considerable amount of money over the course of a year. So we need to look at that and then see where we are. So that record of daily expenditures could benefit you. And then an expense worksheet is also there, and it helps you to create a spending plan. So after you can realize and track where your money has been going, then you need to look at setting up a spending plan. And then Tips for Change is an e-book that gives you some tips that other financial consumers have submitted that they think are savvy and that can be shared with you. So these are some things that are on here. I haven't yet downloaded all of these. The webinars are more the thing that I would look at, um, but most of the other things I have other ways that I've already tracked mine, so if you're wondering. Um, so it's very unlikely that I would use theirs. I'll probably download them just for the sake of seeing what theirs look like. But since I've been looking at these kinds of things and dealt with financial business management for quite some time, expense worksheets and those kinds of things, I already have mechanisms on my computer by which to handle those. But looking, But definitely always open to more free webinars, and looking at reviewing your net worth periodically is a very good idea. Um, your financial priorities, reviewing those over and over is always a very good idea. Reviewing your goals to see have you met your goals. If you haven't met your goals, why not? And then maybe that's because of them expenditures and <laughs> those expenses. Go back. Go back through it. Handle it. Get it in place. Then the tips for change. So I really do plan to look for tips for change. I'm going to download that right now so that I can actually see what's in it when I get off the air. Now, what I do like is also the fact that don't say, well, we're already 18 days in, so I can't do it. Not true. There's also a link called your 30-step path to financial wellness. All right? All they're asking you to do is if you make a commitment to your financial future, you click on the little arrow that says take the first step. Once you take the first step, whatever day you started on, you can take, if you're trying to catch up, take all 18 steps a day if you can. That's all you got to do. But don't say I can't do it at all because I wasn't here from the beginning of the month. Life and fits the hell. Don't make excuses. You can definitely still do this. 
You still have time to do this. You might want to take it in a small bit, so take step one and step two today, or take step one, two, and three today. It is a website, so I doubt that it is going to combust and disappear into thin air the moment that it becomes May 1st either. So just go ahead and click on there. The first step is to commit to change, and then they'll give you some other links that you can click on. If you decide to take the next step is to assess your financial situation, which now you start to know why those different things that they gave you tools for success are so critical. If you go on from there, it's about clearing out financial clutter, like grocery receipts and paycheck stubs, cancel checks, utility bill stubs, household documents, receipts for major purchases, credit card receipts, individual tax return documents. Yes, today is your last day. They gave you an extension from April 15th to April 18th to get your taxes in. I'm sure some people ain't listening to me right now or they listen to me as they do their taxes. And you want to get them in by midnight if you're following online. And so definitely that's something that's critical. Then setting yourself up for success is the next thing. I think we all would like to set ourselves up for success. The next one is getting copies of your credit reports that I already mentioned earlier. And there are ways to get your credit report every year for free. Then cleaning up your credit report because once you get a copy, sometimes that thing hurts your feelings. And so that you don't just sit there and cry over it or ignore it or burn it, but Look at it and see where you can clean that up, where your numbers can go higher. Then make your money count is the next thing at step seven. Then identify your starting point. I know you say, what? I'm just like me. I'm like, what? How would you identify your starting point and you are ready at step eight? Shouldn't step one have been identifying your starting point? But actually, they're now talking about calculating that net worth that I mentioned earlier. Then step nine is do you pass the test? Now, I haven't taken that one yet, so i got I got to take a look at that. Then step ten is set your priorities. Okay, so again, those sheets that we mentioned earlier. Then set SMART financial goals. Now, SMART in this case, and some of you who are on our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page or my personal page, actually, that follow me on there, you've seen me post about SMART before. The S is for specific, the M is for measurable, the A is for achievable, the R is for rewarding, and the T is for trackable. Again, specific, measurable, achievable, rewarding, trackable, financial goals. These are things that can be applied financially. These are things that can be applied generally in terms of life goals. So again, with your vision board, you want it to be smart. Your financial goals, you want to be smart. Specific, measurable, achievable, rewarding, and trackable. So there's a number of things that you can do in that regard. Then set short, mid, and long-term goals. That's critical. Pay down your debt, all right? So even if it's a little bit at a time, pay it down and don't create more while you're paying it down. So in other words, don't pay off one credit card while you use the other credit card. Try to pay all of it off to zero, all right? If it's a mortgage, pay it off to zero. If it's a car note, pay it off to zero before getting into more debt. Pay it all down because and make sure, though, before you pay everybody else, you pay yourself, all right? Expect the unexpected is the next one. Then secure your financial future is the next step. Then make a commitment. 
And I thought we're doing that, right? But I guess they have to remind you about making these commitments. Then save for your goals of Step 17. So if you had started on the 1st of April, when we first talked about this being Financial Literacy Month, when I first put it out there on Facebook that it was Financial Literacy Month, then today you're looking at where does all the money go? Where does all the money go? And like they say here, for most people, financial health doesn't depend on how much they earn, but how much they spend. So like I always say, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So today, what they will have you do is start to identify variable expenses. These are the things that are not exactly the same amount every month. So clothing or food, they vary. I know even utility bills, they can vary depending on the season, like your light bill if you heat with it or you run your air condition with it. Then you have the record of the daily expenditures form that they had, and you can record the money once again that you spend daily. That's a variable expenditure right there. So, again, those are variable expenses. So now when you track these things for 30 days, at the end of the 30 days, you should look back and say, okay, what is it that I can stop doing? Can I lower this bill even? Like one of the things I noticed on television some time ago on a TV show, and they were trying to help people with cutting their finances was simply electronics in our houses that if we're not using that electronic, unplug it. So the blenders that we leave plugged in and the toasters and even your microwave, if you don't use it all the time, if you unplug it, you'll be surprised how much juice you're not using and then how that then translates back into finances for you to keep. Okay? So then if we continue on for the rest of the month, Identifying and documenting fixed monthly expenses would be next. Then identifying a plan for periodics, okay? Then the next one would be documenting our spending, like we have been doing that already, right? And then identify ways to reduce spending, which is what I keep mentioning to you. Then the next thing is save money on groceries. If you're like me and you're a vegetarian, that's a critical point. This time of year is planting season. So I prefer to plant. That way I can just go out the front door and I can eat a lot of to my heart's content, really. As long as the harvest is good, praise God, I can eat to my heart's content without going to somebody's store to buy things. And also what I've learned to not do is pick a whole bunch of stuff and then just leave it on the counter in the refrigerator. If you have a freezer or you have ways to dehydrate fruits or vegetables and then put them away or dry them and put them away, you can make them last longer, especially if you do have to shop for these things. You do not want perishable goods constantly perishing because that's just your money perishing. And so those are things that you want to buy small quantities of instead of with your non-perishable goods where you can just stock up and leave them in the cabinet. Your perishable goods, you want to either, if you buy a bunch of them at once or given a bunch of them at once, you want to find ways that you can preserve them in the freezer and jars or whatever so that this way you have them all dried so that you will have them in the future and not just let money literally go down the drain as we throw out stuff out of the fridge there, okay? And so here it is, the 
step 24 would be share a tip for change. They want you to share some things that you're learning or that you're doing with other people. Then document your desired spending. Then protect yourself by performing financial checkups, and that would make sense because as we're getting closer to the end of a month, it's good to see how well we're doing. Understand the cost of credit, and they start to break down some different things for you about interest rates and the length of loans, financial charges, credit limits, minimum monthly payments, grace periods, and over the limit and the late fees. And I would I would caution you to not ignore your bills because sometimes those dates, those due dates change and just because something doesn't fall on a weekday or things like that. So you may think, oh, well, last month I paid this bill, last two months I paid this bill on the 20th, so this bill is due on the 20th. They come to find out they had it due on the 18th. And so now when you go to pay it, there's already a late fee attached. Well, if you have been consistently paying your bill and you've been a good customer, call them and say to them, you know, I'm trying to pay my bill now online or wherever or I came into a payment office and I am in shock because I didn't think that my bill was due already. It was past due. I thought I was paying it on time because it's the date I'm used to. And many times they will waive that extra fee. And when you're talking about that extra fee being $35 and all that kind of stuff, that is critical. I wanted to do a transaction at the bank, and because they wanted to hold a particular check because of whatever the other bank was, where other checks, they're, due, they're in the account immediately. They wanted to hold this other check, so if I had gone on to do this transaction, they were going to charge me for doing a transaction today that if I do the transaction tomorrow when it's going to show clear anyway, I don't have to pay anything. So I just told the young lady, forget it, I'll do it tomorrow. Now, but if I didn't read, again, back to literacy, if I didn't read, I would have just said, okay, fine, whatever. And then in a month or so, my bank statement comes and I'll see this charge of $35, which will be free tomorrow. Okay, $35, I can go out to dinner to a nice restaurant, take a doggy bag home, and still have something left over. Maybe even put gas in the car to go to dinner and come back. I do live on an island. Okay, so here it is that the next thing that they have you listed as doing is assembling a financial team. They want you to assemble a financial team. You have a tax advisor, a credit counselor, a financial planner, and a lawyer that they're suggesting here. I also would suggest that you have some other people who are part of a support system that have similar financial goals and have similar risk factors. And what I mean by that is if you're a person who's conservative about taking financial risk, you want more people like that that you can talk to as opposed to somebody who they don't hold on to any money at any time. They don't save anything because they'll always tell you to spend the money. You want someone with a little bit more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that also should be part of this financial team that if they're trying to reach a goal of paying off credit card debt or paying off a mortgage, you could team up with each other and also celebrate with each other as you reach certain benchmarks. So I'll probably send that in as my tip later on to them as well. And then 29, step 29 is appreciate the benefits. And the last thing at the very end of this month it's just called moving forward. And so definitely I want you to be able to move forward 
by taking the first steps to be a part of Financial Literacy Month as we celebrate it here in the Gullah Geechee Nation and to celebrate it in the U.S. I would love for you to email me to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O if you do end up participating and tell me how your outcome turned out. Did you do anything new to change your financial situation for the better or did you find it like taxing and excruciating to even participate. You might find it taxing and excruciating and still change your financial habits, but come out much wealthier in the end of it all. So I would love to hear from you. Email me to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. And, of course, when I post these things, once again, if you are on our Gullah Geechee Facebook page, then I would love to also see what kinds of comments that you have to make given each step, each day, and what should be going on. So I'm going to be posting from a number of these steps over the next few hours and over the course of the remainder of the month just to see who else may be keeping up with what we to do wrong or anything like that. And I'm going to also post up financialliteracymonth.com. I'm going to go ahead right now and post their website over to our Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station page as well so that you can have access to exactly what I was reading from. I also posted to our sponsors page, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. And please also become a member of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. Yes, with all this money you're saving, you can invest in an organization that invests so much in our community. Just go to gullahgeechee.net or gullahgeechee.biz to get information on membership in the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, which has continuously sponsored this broadcast from its very beginning. So, again, go to Gullah Geechee, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E, gullahgeechee.net, or gullahgeechee.biz, and you can also become a member of this international group of members that we have there. And so we want to know how much this has increased your literacy regarding your finances and how much you have been able to amass, not, you know, I have to give us financial figures, but what have you amassed mentally, spiritually, in regard to your vision and your focus for being able to build generational wealth after participating in Financial Literacy Month. It will be wonderful to hear that there are groups of people who are now working together and encouraging each other to do this so that we have the finances to invest in our nonprofit organizations, our historic institutions, our businesses that are open and operating, that are owned by Gullah Geechis, that we're going there and supporting them, not just waiting until the festival season and you pop up to one or two festivals and go shop at a couple vendors, and then the rest of the year you spend all your money in a big box store or purchase everything online, but that we actually have the financial wherewithal to be able to contribute to the things that are necessary and to the programs that are beneficial to our children and our communities. As you heard, this Financial Literacy Month began as something geared toward youth, and yet with all the schools that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition partners with, 
I have yet to ever walk in one or have any of the instructors or principals or anyone mention Financial Literacy Month to me as a part of their curriculum or part of focus with their children. So if you're homeschooling or if you are a Gullah Geechee family, this is something that we all need to do and we can easily do at home. It doesn't matter if it's past April. It doesn't matter when you're tuning into this broadcast, if you're listening on demand. April is just when it was nationally designated, but you could do it any day at any time and keep some of the money to yourself and to the family so that for the next generation there would be wealth in our communities. And so tonight... I want to close out with a little flashback for some of the folks that might remember from Fatback because this is what it's all about, trying to get your hands on some of this money. So this year the Queen Quet, head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation, Tanky Tanky, for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. April is Financial Literacy Month. We look forward to y'all bringing those contributions and donations to the Gullah Geechee Nation and supporting our continued work, not just here at the station, but all throughout from Jacksonville, North Kakalaki to Jacksonville, Florida. So please make sure that you continue to read, learn, support, grow, build your wealth, build your inheritance that you will leave behind for future generations. Peace and blessings. Quine out chillin'. Get your hand, put some of that money. Make a buck, can't even save a dime. But I don't give to Uncle Sam, I got to 